Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. Shannon Schwain. Not retained as the head coach of the Montana Lady Grizz. And we will also hear from the head coach of the Idaho State football team, Rob Fennessy. Hi, how are you? Happy Thursday to all. Thanks for being with us. It is Tutel and Nuanas on 1029 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you. We appreciate you letting us spend some time with you on your radios, on your uh, computers, on your podcasts, on your streams, however you're listening. We appreciate it. We're happy to be there with you. We are available, as I said, on the stream. That's at 1029ESPN.com. You go there. You listen live all the time. The live stream available whenever you would like it 24 hours a day and from four to six each weekday afternoon this show on the stream thanks to opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity and if you would uh, like to pick up your phone and call 329-1899 is the phone number all guests join us via the rankage brother rv phone line Colt, let's take a look at what we got in the show today we open with news that you broke skyline sports broke uh, yesterday evening shannon schwain uh not being fired is not going to have her contract renewed, but it's it's tantamount to this. You know, it's basically the same thing. Uh, the head coach of the Lady Grizz, four years as the head coach of the Lady Grizz, and uh, will uh, will no longer be retained. And Mike Petrino also uh, is going to be uh, stepping in as the uh, interim head coach, and we'll get into the details of that and why that's happening and how that's happening here in just a minute. So we'll spend some time talking about that. Take a look at the tenure of Shannon Schwain as the head coach of the Lady Grizz. What went well? What didn't? go well and uh, where they're at now when it comes to this move and that is not necessarily a surprise but I think it was 
I think it was a bit of an unknown. We didn't know what was going to happen, and now we know, and so we will uh, we will get into that. Top of the hour, looking forward to this. Rob Fennessy, the head coach of the Idaho State Bengals football team, a longtime assistant at the University of Montana, also went with uh, Bobby Houck to UNLV before he ultimately came back and became a head coach for the first time uh, at Idaho State in Pocatello. He's heading into his fourth year as the head coach, so he'll join us as well. So there you go. That's what we got going in the show today. Hi, Coulter. How are you, bud? Not too shabby. How you doing, Gus? Doing excellent. Great to be with you. I'm happy to have you here. Uh, we don't have a lot of time for chit-chat, though, because this was a, uh, a major uh, news-breaking cycle that happened. And take the people through this, because you're the one who, who, who you know got the information ultimately and put this out there, that Shannon Schwain is not going to be retained. She uh, will not have her contract renewed. And there's a reason that this happened yesterday, specifically, as opposed to at some other point. I know people want to know, why is this going on? now why wasn't there more time why didn't it happen right at the end of the season and uh, just walk people through that a little bit well I mean, broadly this is obviously a gigantic news story because Huge. you have the most tradition laden most successful athletic college athletic program in the history of the state of montana in lady grizz basketball that was led by no question the most legendary and successful coach in the history of the state of montana in robin selvig and Perhaps the peak of Robin Selvig's career was when he coached Shannon Kate That's right. before she was Shannon Schwain. Shannon Schwain, you cannot understate the impact she had on women's basketball around the state of Montana, the caliber of player that she was, the caliber of assistant coach that she was under Robin Selvig. I mean, to go through just the accolades, I mean, Shannon Schwain, when she graduated, she was a four-time first-team All-Big Sky selection, a two-time league MVP, three-time tournament MVP, she, her, her second to last game of her career, she had one of the most iconic performances in the history of the Big Sky Conference. She scored 34 points in an 85-74 upset over Wisconsin in the NCAA tournament. She finished her career with 2,172 points, the most in the history of the Big Sky Conference, man or woman. That was not broken for almost 15 years. And she was a four-time academic All-Big Sky selection. When the Big Sky had its 25th anniversary for female athletics, women's athletics, because they added women's sports as a conference a lot later, in 1988, which was actually subsequently Shannon Schwain's freshman year. Shannon was named the all-time greatest athlete in the history of the Big Sky Conference. So that in itself you can't understate. And then the and, fact and, is... And by the way, this also got glazed over because of the outbreak of the virus and everything that was going on with shutting down sports. The Big Sky Conference had their inaugural Big Sky Conference Hall of Fame uh, induction uh, two days. I think it was like the Saturday or whatever it was before the tournament started. And Shannon Schwain was one, as was Rob Selvig, by the way, uh, on that list of, of you know, the initial inductees in terms of the all-time greats. And you got a lot to select from when it's the first time you're going to have a Hall of Fame and the, 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 the Big Sky Conference is, you know, however old it is, however many decades old it is. I mean, that's remarkable. So, yeah, you, 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 the best player without question to ever traffic through the state of Montana. And we'll get into more of that in the second segment. We'll also get into a lot more of just the details in terms of, the, to me, the three biggest factors uh, that define Shannon Schwain's four years at the head, as the head coach of the University of Montana were her unbelievable reputation and the shadow that that cast over the entire program, both in a really good and a really, I don't want to say bad, but it's a very looming thing. In, in, in a, in a uh, I don't know if stressful is the word, but, but uh, heavy, right? I mean, as Dave Dickinson has always said, he said, I will never take the University of Montana Football job. Yeah. I will never do it 
because how could I do that? How right. could I live up to myself? Yeah. What a thing to try to do to live up to your own self. So in, in that element, I give Shannon Schwain endless amounts of praise for the courage that she had to take this job as such a revered person, especially following directly in the footsteps of Robin Selvig. But the other two factors are the departures of players, which as of this last week reached, I believe, 14 players over the last four years that departed before exhausting their eligibility. That total could reach, would have, uh, I guess you could say, would have been 16 players if you count the fact that Kaylee Valley and Alicia Sims, who then became Alicia Harris, were in line to get medical red shirts and, de- and declined to take them. Yeah. There's a lot to that. I mean, obviously, there's injuries. And then the other part of this is injuries. And that's, and that's what we'll get into in the second segment. But in terms of just the cut and dry of this thing, here's the, the details beyond just the broad news that I was able to confirm. Kent Haslam, Montana Athletic Director, offered Shannon, I shouldn't say offered, told Shannon Schwein verbally that she would receive a two-year contract extension. This was while we were still at the tournament in Boise. We had heard this from several good sources. The difference between covering a contract renewal and a contract non-renewal is that uh, a contract renewal, even if it's speculated or in place or being prepared, it's not official until it's signed. And so it's very tenuous as a journalist to break anything until there's a signature placed. A non-renewal comes from a meeting that is a non-renewal and so that it becomes an official thing right away. Right. And any ter- sort of conversation, any two people that talk to one another in in any situation, there's so much more going on beyond just the words, like typing out the transcript of a conversation exactly. and actually what's happening in a conversation. So we don't, we don't know if this was, you know, two people who've been working together for quite a while saying, yeah, I think this is going to happen. Right. We're going to work to make this happen. If this was an absolute guarantee that then was rescinded for some reason, if this was in passing in some way, like we don't know the content, yeah. which is why you, you don't report on it and you don't talk about that stuff because we, you know, you just simply don't know the frame of what this is. No question. The Big Sky Tournament, the women's quarterfinals, began on um, March 10th. Okay. Montana lost their first round quarterfinal game, or I guess their first game of the tournament, the quarterfinal game of the tournament. First time they had received a bye since the tournament moved to a neutral site. So that was a feather in the cap of a 17-13 and 13 season. Montana finished alone in fourth place in the league standings, but then they lost to Northern Arizona in the first round of the tournament. That was July 10th, or excuse me, March 10th. So why did this happen on April 1st? University of Montana Athletic Department contracts, as well as Montana State too, so I assume this is a Board of Regents, a statewide rule. Athletic Department contracts, for every year of service that you have served, you get one month notice up to six years and six months. So in other words, once you've worked at a place for a year, then they have to give you 30 days notice if your contract will be renewed or not. Once you've worked there for two years, two months. And on down. Shannon Schwain, four years of service at the University of Montana as a head coach. So she needed to receive four months' notice that her contract would not be renewed. All athletic department contracts expire on July 31st. So the deadline was absolutely yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday right. was the last day this move could have been made. Mike Petrino, who's been on Shannon Schwain's staff for the last four years, he has been named the interim. And I've confirmed through multiple sources close to the situation that he will be the interim through the end of next season. Several reasons for that. Right now there's a hiring freeze across the higher board of education. So both Montana, Montana State and all Montana State and Montana University systems, a hiring freeze at this exact moment because of the COVID pandemic. Um, And I also think there's a couple other factors that go into that, which we'll get into later on. In terms of the actual performance of this, 
Uh, during four years guiding her alma mater, Swain posted a 52-69 and 69 record, including a 34-42 and 42 mark in Big Sky Conference play. Like I mentioned, Montana was 17-13 and 13 overall this year, 12-8 and eight in Big Sky play. But Shannon, she was only 1-7 and seven against arch-rival Montana State. Montana finished fourth this year, which was their highest finish in four years under Shannon. They did receive their first first-round bye in the tournament, but they lost in the first round, dropping their record in league tournament games under Schwain to 1-4. and four. And this is a team that hosted and won the Big Sky Tournament 16 times, won the Big Sky Tournament title overall 18 times, and went to the NCAA Tournament 21 times right. under Robin Selvig. So tournament and postseason success had been... Um, Elusive. Uh, elusive under this current regime and almost a guarantee under the previous one. You know, we've talked a lot about the Lady Grizz and, and, and the teams. Here's a couple of things to keep in mind. Uh, one thing that has never lacked or waned since Shannon Schwain took over is the talent that the Lady Grizz have had. Now, particularly in the first two years, and it's very well chronicled, the, the season-ending and ultimately career-ending injuries to – what was the Big Sky Conference uh, MVP uh, in in Cayley Valley, and then Alicia Sims, who was the best player on that Lady Grizz team, certainly captain, senior type of deal, just devastating injuries that they've had. And those aren't the only ones. I mean, Sophia Styles has a, 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 an ACL. Yep, and, uh, we'll, and we'll get into you know, the full, we'll, we'll we'll get get into the the full list of injuries in the next but, segment, so too, because it's, it's been outrageous, honestly, to chronicle. It, it has been. And so you, you have that, but... So especially when they left, it was a really young team, especially in, in Shannon's, I guess, second year or maybe third year, um, but still a hugely talented team. And the talent that they have brought in in, 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 in state, Jamie Pickens, Sophia Stiles, Kinsey Johnson, of course, these are uh, unbelievable players. And on one hand, sort of like Brian Fish at Montana State, you go, man, that's outstanding. And that's great work. That's a huge part of of what coaching at the college level is. I mean, again, I, I, I keep standing on the table for this, but the 365-day-a-year and holistic nature of what it is to be a head coach of a Division One sports program is not about only your ability to coach the sport that you're coaching, and in many cases, that's actually not even all that high on the list of things. I mean, if you're the head track and field coach, you almost don't coach track and field at all or totally. you know potentially and so uh uh the the uh, her ability and her staff's ability to get talent was outstanding and i want to hold it right there just yeah. for one moment because shannon Schwain, after her outstanding playing career ended she then went and played in spain for just a brief moment in time but anybody that remembers her as a player one of the things that made her so legendary was not just how ahead of the t- of the times that she was i mean she was a true power forward who can step out and shoot the three i mean she was only making about 43 pointers per season which is nowhere close to what these girls are making now some girls are flirting with game is 90 100 but the game is totally different it's yes. totally different yes. she was shooting close to 50 percent from three and even if you could get one or two threes a game from a six foot three six foot four post who's also the most efficient player on the block in the maybe in the country game changing yes but the other thing that added to her legend was she struggled with this horrific shoulder injury for the second two, the last two years of her career, and her shoulder would constantly become dislocated, and she would pop it back in and keep playing. And there's so many mythical stories yeah. about her playing with one arm and and still, I mean, battle in Tennessee right. at 
Dahlberg Arena with one arm, you know, playing in the NCAA tournament against Wisconsin and Louisiana Tech and battling through this thing. But that then ended her career. Well, when she joined Robin Selvig's staff, she was on Rob's staff for 24 seasons. She was a part of 14 regular season Big Sky titles, 13 NCAA tournament appearances, 566 wins. Robin Selvig won Big Sky Coach of the Year 15 times when Shannon Schwain was on his staff. She deserves credit for that because she was his ace recruiter and she was his ace post developer. And all the, I mean, there has been some tremendous post players that have come after Shannon Schwain that she helped develop. Holly Tyler was a Big Sky MVP. Katie Baker was a Big Sky MVP. Um, you know, on down the line, there's been a, a lot of really talented players that she's both helped recruit and develop. And so when you analyze her career now, I actually thought that Shannon was an outstanding recruiter when she was on Selvig's staff. And she was an even more outstanding recruiter once she became the head coach because then she could recruit. That's the one, that not, not the one, it is one of the biggest benefits of her reputation of wh- yeah. who she was. Yeah, She got recruits that... There's been this trend over the last 10 years where a lot of the best recruits in Montana have not stayed home as they traditionally did for so long. Mm-hmm. But somebody like Sophia Stiles, who was a multiple-time Gatorade Player of the Year, she could have gone anywhere in the region. She could have gone anywhere in the Northwest, even being from Malta, Montana. I think she had an offer from Gonzaga. She had uh, a lot of interest from Pac-12 schools, uh, a lot of interest from Mountain West schools. Shannon Schwain kept her home. Taylor Galagoski was a two-time Gatorade Player of the Year who had interest from several schools in the Big Sky Conference. Shannon Schwain kept her home. Sammy Fackin, once upon a time, was a three-star recruit uh, who started her career in Arizona but was one of the best combo guards in the entire Northwest out of Sammamish, Washington. Jamie Pickens was the number 91 recruit in the United States of America, a four-star recruit. When you talk about actual recruiting rankings, it is the biggest recruit that a Big Sky Conference team has ever gotten. Mm. She happens to be from Helena, Montana. I don't care what the, what you say. That I mean, she had thirty plus offers. I mean, yeah. she she was recruited by everybody in the country. Yeah, and Shannon Schwain was able to to keep her home. You add in all that, plus a lot of other really talented players that she was able to bring in. I think that's one area where you could point to that it never dipped. The recruiting was always there. Two Tell New One is one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. Again, the news uh, breaking last night and then into today. Shannon Twain will not be retained as the uh, head coach of the Montana Lady Grizz. You talked about that, but Coulter, that is also one thing that did her in in this instance Absolutely. because they had such great players yep. and they never never realized the potential that the talent that they had should have realized. And when no that question. doesn't happen, you go what's it it goes it falls at the feet of the head coach period well then let's give them the straight and narrow then just from a pure sports analysis standpoint Not this good. i've covered the big sky conference in women's basketball as consistently and as prevalently as any other any other sport that i've covered in this league my very first beat was the lady grizz back when robin selvig had it completely rolling and manny morales and sonia rogers were playing for the, the lady grizz this was the the most i shouldn't say worst because that's the wrong way to spin it it was the youngest at least experienced and least challenging the Big Sky Conference has been in my 13 years covering the league. There's a lot of reasons for that. Some of the all-time greatest players in the history of the league, like Savannah Smith at Northern Colorado, Michaela Ferenz, who ended up breaking Shannon's record and well as Natty Doma's record for the all-time scoring record, and Ann Taylor Pierce, the most prolific three-point shooter in the history of the league, were at Idaho. Those girls graduated, and you had graduations across the league. But coming into this year, you had a Montana State team, had five seniors and was the preseason favorites, and I think they were the juggernaut of the league. But I don't know. I actually think that Montana State, they are they were an outstanding team and one of the best teams in Montana State school history. And they broke the league record for league victories in a season with 19. I don't think that they're. I should say close. They they're in the mix, but I don't think that they are the greatest team in Big Sky Conference history though, because they were just able to capitalize on this league that was otherwise pretty down. You look at Idaho, who finished second. 
They only had one senior in Lizzie Clinker. You look at Idaho State, who finished third. They did not have a senior. Their only senior, Estefania Orr, she tore her ACL before the season started. You look at Lori Payne's job that she did at Northern Arizona. Lauren Orndorff was the only senior in their rotation. She had no seniors in her starting lineup. Southern Utah only had two seniors. They finished sixth. So you're talking about a league that was completely devoid of seniors except for at the Montana school. So yep. objectively, cut and dry, with the talent that Montana had on their roster this year, I believe that their expectation should have been second place. That That's where they should have been. They should have been right behind the Cats. And they and they weren't. And they lost games that they should have won. And 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 also, it also felt like you could see, like if you look at the minutes distribution, look, I mean, you, you talked about Jamie Pickens, the, the, at least by ranking the greatest recruit in the history of the conference. Playing, it's hard to it's hard 12, it's hard to, it's hard to say the greatest in I the mean, history of the conference because there wasn't recruiting rankings right, for women's right. basketball back when when Shannon Kate was coming point, out of point being, so, but point being, she's in the modern era. This decade, she's one of the most highly ranked players for, for, the, for the Big Sky, and and you know. 12, 13 minutes a game, and especially when you watch her play, it's not it's not good enough. Like you got there, there just has to be more there, and the rotations why they were what they were, and at times long stretches of just offensive ineptitude from a, from a from a set standpoint. There's just nothing going on, and you can see that as just a you know. I wouldn't say a, a past, certainly an active basketball fan eye, media perspective, or whatever. But you don't have to be. You know, you don't have to be, uh, you know, a, a lifer in the sport going to coaching camps to under to see that it's awry. You know, I mean, I can't sit here and unscrew all the nuts and bolts and show you the inside of the of the electronic device and why it's not working. But uh, y- you can see that it's not working and that it clearly has to do with coaching. And more than that, to me, the the microcosm of what what I would say in terms of of the tenure of Shannon Schwain from a basketball standpoint was the Montana Montana State basketball game in Missoula this year this was a team that had the talent to be great to be the best team in the in the conference frankly in terms of the talent that they had and where ahead double digits and in complete control of the best team in the conference for three quarters and then completely seized up we talked about being you know the, the shadow that is cast there was a tightness at times to these teams that that for that, that that forced them either into bad shots or into missing shots and then just in general when it started to get tight there was no like way that you're going to win this game and you said this before this was a team that when things were going well they would roll but when things went south or sideways there was no bringing it back it wasn't coming back for the lady grizz and in that game against Montana State, you saw it all. You saw the height of what they could be and how they handled themselves in the first three quarters, and then you saw it all fall apart in sort of the most you know obvious and 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 somewhat epic way, blowing a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter and losing eventually in overtime. And it was all there, the highs, and then but ultimately what turned out to be the lows. I mean, at the end of the day, this is you know uh, 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 a coaching stint, a four-year stint that finished 17 games under 500 overall, that finished eight games under 500 in conference, that won one game in the postseason, that went one and seven against Montana State. I mean, that's just not good enough. Like, it's just not good enough for the University of Montana. It's a, it's it's not, and there's such a vast variety of how to define coaching, especially from a basketball perspective, because there is so many different layers to it. There's the recruitment layer, there's the player development layer, there's the player retention layer, there's the team chemistry layer, there's the team rotation layer, there's 
all of those Everything. things. Yep. But one of the one of the most broad and steadfast things that every program shares, unless you don't, and if you don't share it, you're probably going to be a, a program that's experiencing a lot of tumult, is role definition. You have to have role definition. And I thought that the only young lady over the last couple of years, I, I guess this year there was two. I thought there was two players in the Lady Grizz that had a defined role that I think they understood and the team understood and they were empowered in that role. Mackenzie Johnson, her role was to play every minute of every game and run the be, show, be the star, spark yep. plug, provide the energy and do the whole thing yep. from start to finish. And I thought that Abby Anderson had a defined role as well. She was the rim protector. She was the true center, the true five. And she's another great example of the way that Shannon is really good at developing post players because Abby Anderson was a gigantic project when she came to Montana and she was actually pretty I shouldn't say actually she was very good well, she's the big sky conference player of the week I think in the first week of she the was. regular season and you're going who she had a great game against Sac State which yep. comes with the caveat because of their style but she she became one of the better shot blockers in the league she became much more coordinated mm-hmm. and fluid and you could definitely see the potential that she had I thought those two girls had Role def, really defined role definition, but still Sophia Styles, despite her injuries, I know those are, that has been a big factor. That's going to be the the unknown throughout this entire saga as we break this thing down over the coming days, weeks, and months. But even despite Sophia Styles' injuries, she was never given the the role definition I think she required, and I think that a lot of it was just trying to please a lot of really talented players. When you have Sammy Facken who left the team midway through this year. You have Sophia Styles and you have Mackenzie Johnson. You have three very different, but also three very ball dominant players that need the ball in their hands. How do you play those three together? I don't really know how you do, but that's what coaching is. You have to figure out what's the delineation of minutes, what's going to be best for your team. You look at somebody like Jamie Pickens. To me, I agree. I thought it was very clear that she is one of the most talented young players and just period one of the most talented players in the league. When yeah. she got her opportunities, she was flat dominant at yes. times. Yes. Only 17 minutes per game, to me, that's really tough. You look at somebody like Gabby Harrington. I thought she was used really well for about one-third of her career. I thought she was used very medi- – the way that she was used was very mediocre for one-third of her career, and the way she was used was very poor the last third of her career. I think that's why you saw her leave, because I think that there was just a lot of unrest in the way that everybody was being used. And so, yeah, there there was some bright spots during the last four years in terms of, of young ladies that were able to rise to the occasion and, and really blossom and really embrace their roles. But to me, the ones that did, it's because they had defined roles, and most of these young ladies, they did not. But and, and the other thing, too, you, you're talking about individuals. It never happened as a team. Like, it never happened where the whole group uh, – uh, and when I say that, I'm, in individual games and in individual circumstances, certainly it did. But where you talk about – you know, a team just getting better from the non-conference to the first half of the conference schedule, second half of the conference schedule, and then into the tournament. Like that progression where now you're playing at your peak, it just never happened. And it was a complete dice roll night in and night out whether you were going to get, you know, the the good the good Lady Grizz or not. And a lot of times the ball was in the court of the opposition in terms of when there was a good team that was being played there, they could, they could just decide that they weren't going to allow Montana to do what it is that they wanted to do. And then there was, there was no, like if that was the case, that team was going to win that game. Robin Selvig won 865 games. He won 75% of his games for 38 years. A great many of Robin Selvig's teams were not off offensive powerhouses. Mm-hmm. They did not have a ton of great shooters. There have been some great shooters during the history of Lady Grizz from Sonia Rogers to Katie Edwards to, you know, you can, you can name them, but 
Bob and Selvig's teams won with defense, but they also were able to get an easy bucket to halt a run. And that that's another place that this yeah. team struggled. Everybody in the league knew if you let Montana get up and down in transition and they have enough good athletes that they're probably going to run you in the ground. If you let Mackenzie Johnson get going, wheeling and dealing and flashy and great passes and get into the rack, they're going to probably dice you up. But if you make them shoot contested jump shots, you have a chance to make them have such elongated cold streaks that it's just unbelievable. Yeah, and yeah. so I think that at the end of the day, there's so many different th- factors that got, they go into this decision. Uh, we wish Shannon Schwainer and her family the best, but uh, this was definitely something that shook the sports world in Montana. But I think the both of us would agree when you just look at the cut and dry results, not that surprising to us. Not at all. Sutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. We'll take a break. On the other side, we will continue to go through uh, some of the numbers in terms of girls who did not finish their careers or their, exhaust their eligibility, probably the better way to say it, at the University of Montana uh, for the Lady Grizz, both from decisions of their own and also from injuries, which are too many to even enumerate almost. So we'll go through some of that stuff and try and get a little better picture of how this last four years has gone for the University of Montana. And we take a little look ahead with Mike Petrino being the interim head coach through next season and how that's come about and where we are with that. So there you go. Two telling Nuanas, ESPN Radio, Coulter, Boyle, Devney, and Meyer is donating their time uh, that they've uh, purchased here on our radio show to the Missoula Food Bank and Community Center during this uh, pretty unprecedented time. Very nice of them to do that. Tell the folks about the Missoula Food Bank. Yeah, Boyle, Devney, and Meyer, your trusted name when it comes to all things taxes related and a, a pillar of this community for more than 40 years. Missoula Food Bank and Community Center committing to meeting their neighbors' needs during these tumultuous times. They'll be open throughout this crisis. They have extended hours, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., as well as Wednesday and Friday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. They've transitioned to grab-and-go box and bag models so to reduce time within the store. You can literally get in and out in 60 seconds. They're also working with Missoula County Public Schools and other partners to ensure that every child in our community has access to meals while school is out. They're buying more than normal, so they will have all the things you need on hand. Uh, They also are looking for volunteer support from folks who are healthy and low risk. So to sign up, you can visit the Missoula Food Bank website. Missoula Food Bank, grateful to our community that has already stepped up. So give them a follow on Facebook. That's the best way to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the Missoula Food Bank. This live read presented to you by Boyle, Devaney, and Meyer. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Great to be with you as we cover the non-retention, the non-renewal of Shannon Schwain as the head coach of the Montana Lady Grizz. 
We are uh, all over the place on the social medias, at 1029ESPN on Twitter and Instagram. Also, you can uh, catch Coulter covering this stuff. Broke the story yesterday at Skyline Sports MT. And also uh, me, Straight Fire, at Gus Tutel. Uh, Coulter, a uh, couple of things here that I, I, I wanted to go through with you, and specifically the number of players in the last four seasons that did not finish their eligibility with the Lady Grizz who were playing uh, for the Lady Grizz. I believe the final total is 18 players. Uh, that that's that, including walk-ons, yep. That, 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 is, uh, that that's part of. Look, regardless of the whys, and there's a lot of whys that are very uh, obvious and explicable, and then there's other whys that we don't know what they are, okay? Um, 18 is a huge number in four years. Even in this day of transferring and, and uh, you know, everything like that, I mean, that's a lot. And especially, you know, the it, makes it, so that it makes it so your recruiting classes are basically a wash. That's right. Because yeah. you're usually signing three to four girls a year, so if you're losing two to three or even sometimes as many as five, it, it makes you have to start over. And also, for whatever reason, the transferring phenomenon – which is what is it like forty percent or something like that in on the men's, men's side? Game, it is. Yes. It's not nearly that high in women's basketball. Certainly not. And so you know this it, it, it's it's hugely significant. Now it started with Kaylee Valley and Alicia Sims. Kaylee Valley lost her her last two seasons to season injury, ending injuries in back to back off seasons. Just terrible uh, for the best player in the Big Sky Conference at that time. The preseason league MVP. Yes. And. She had been granted yet another medical redshirt and had the opportunity to come back and chose not to. And who could fault her after having gone through what she went through with her knees and everything else, you know, that, that she said, you know, I just need to get healthy and just move on with my life. So, so uh, of course, that Alicia Sims had the exact same thing happen just one time, but made the same choice. And again, these were these were devastating. I mean, we talked about the overall record here and, and, and it's not it's not great. 17 games under 500. There is no question that this that that record looks hugely different the first season or two if these two girls are available and playing, and it might change the whole trajectory of everything. Who knows? But that well, I mean, was, you want to know the only young lady who ever scored as many or whoever whoever averaged as many points in a single season as Shan Schwain? Kaylee Valley. Valley. Yeah, I mean, she, she uh, uh, an unstoppable player, and and it's just so sad that that that's the way that that went. Uh, Sophia Stiles lost last year due to an ACL tear and was never 100% right. In fact, was that was actually, it was actually two, two years, years ago. ago and it, it happened late in the conference season, and it cost her last year. So she basically missed the last third of her f- f- true freshman year as well as then her entire redshirt freshman year. And has had a shoulder that, that actually still needs surgery and was scheduled to have surgery uh, a, a week or two ago that that got moved out because of, you know, the virus outbreak. But but she has not been healthy, basically, like you said, since, uh, you know, three-quarters of the way through her freshman year. Katie Mayhew, season-ending surgery, uh, surgery last season. Goligoski missed half of last year uh, with, yeah. a, with a knee injury. Uh, Maddie Schoening has, has had – and look, there's – Everybody is going to experience some injuries if you're playing sports long enough, okay? But you're talking about losing full year. I mean, it's it's not just, quote-unquote, an ankle sprain. You know what I mean? Or a, a, a jammed or even a broken finger. You know, you, you could tape it up, probably not 100%, but you can go. These are like, no, you, you are on crutches. You are in braces. You are in surgery. You're not playing now. And, and um, 
that is unquestionably a a significant part of the 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 downside of the last four years of Shannon Schwain's tenure. There's also a whole group of girls that were apparently perfectly healthy and chose to leave for their own reasons. And in any individual case, you, we can all come up with a hundred reasons that some, you know, wanted to be closer to family, wanted to be further from family, got an opportunity that they liked more, found, you know, met somebody, I don't know, found a program, found a, you know, a graduate program that they wanted to get into at another school. And also personality differences. Don't like the coach. Don't like the way the team is going. Don't like your role in the team. Having, you know, all, all of those things internally, and they're all speculatory for any individual, but where there's smoke, there's fire. And when you have this much turnover and it's elective, you go, well, what is actually going on here? I mean, other injuries worth mentioning, Montana's best player last year was Jace Henderson, and she played the stretch run of her senior year with the ankle, a bum ankle. She missed a couple games and then played sort of hobbled. Yeah. They also had the flu bug that they caught before the first year of Boise. Again, all of these come with such a caveat. I mean, the most embarrassing loss of this entire tenure was when they lost to 10th-seeded Southern Utah in the first round of the Big Sky Tournament. The first season of the Big Sky Tournament was in Boise two springs ago. Mm-hmm. That said, multiple of their best players, including Gabby Harrington, who's a Boise native, were able to hardly play because they were so sick with the flu. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, losing to Southern Utah, that is a big-time nail in the coffin. On the other hand... What would have happened? But the what-if game is just its the most perplexing part of this whole thing. You, you look at their bench this year. They had three redshirt freshmen, all forced to redshirt, including Jordan Schwain and Shelby Schwain, Chan's two daughters. These girls started getting hurt in high school, particularly Shelby. She has not even played a second for the Lady Grizz yet, and she's already had three, maybe even four knee surgeries. So the injury bug is all over this poor family, uh, let alone just the, the Lady Grizz program. And also Carmen G. Feller had to sit out this year with an injury as well. And then Jamie Pickens, she missed a couple games this year after having suffering a concussion. The other part that has so much gray area in it, none of the girls that have left the team have ever gone on the record and say why. I think we can read between the lines and and um, assume with a player like Kaylee Valley that she just wanted to be done. A player like Alicia Harris, she just wanted to be done. They just they had bad injuries. They decided to retire. The other perplexing part about this is that despite a lot of these young ladies being prestigious recruits and then some of them being pretty darn good players or at least promising players as young players for Lady Grizz, hardly anyone actually ended up anywhere. They didn't transfer. They just quit. Mm. They just walked away. Haley Nicholson ended up at Montana State Northern. I'm not sure if she's still there. Kaylin Lonergan, who was an immensely talented player, who I thought had a ton of potential, former Montana Gatorade Volleyball Player of the Year, who then played volleyball for a year at Montana State, then ended up playing for Lady Grizz. Down the stretch of her sophomore year, I thought she had a chance to be a real pillar for this team. She was a very, very athletic post. She just quit playing sports. Nora Click, girl from Great Falls. She had a back injury that cost her a season. She decided to walk away from the game. Sierra Anderson, who got quite a bit of playing time in Montana as a young player, walked away from the game. Kay Mayhew, who once upon a time had an offer from Oregon State and then came to Montana as a prestigious recruit. She's at Texas Arlington. I don't think Texas Arlington has the prestige of the University of Montana. Yeah. Sammy Fackin, former three-star recruit, who started her career in Arizona. Quit the team around semester, or I guess before semester even, during the non-conference schedule, early on in the year. She's not landed anywhere. Callie Frolich, who entered the transfer portal recently, she hasn't had much time to get recruited anywhere, but she's not anywhere either. 
So to me, the only real player of any consequence that landed anywhere is Gabby Harrington transferring to Idaho. Right. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting deal, man. And and look, you and I have spent four years now covering Shannon Schwain, both uh, you know from a distance watching games and, and and up close and personal, and have enjoyed our time being with her. You know whether it's whether it's a pre practice, post game, or even you know in the off season, we've been we've we've shot some spots on the golf course and done some things like that. And she is uh uh such an enjoyable person to, to, to be with and to talk to. And she's funny and she's, uh, you know, she does, she's all of that stuff. She also is, you know, when you, when you see her in practice, you know, she's doing her things her way. And I don't know how much, and I, I'm not saying that she should or shouldn't, but I don't know how much sort of, uh, 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 of a net is cast to bring people in. You know what I mean? When you're talking about the context of the team personality wise, I just don't know. And, it seems like, for instance, Trisha Binford is, and it look overlaying this on the coach who just had the best season that that any coach has had in in regular season play, basically with 19 wins. You know, it's it's more stark than it seems. But she is certainly the 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 pacifier and and the the friendship fence mending sort of you know uh, a motherly sort. And in some instances that works, and in some instances it doesn't work. You can only be who you are. But clearly, there's a lot of, you know, girls here that said, "No, I'm not. I don't. I don't want to be here. This isn't worth it for me, for whatever reason." And and so that is a problem. And that also is maybe not maybe. It's certainly a reason in, as to why the product on the floor ultimately ended up with the win loss record that it did. And I mean, we're trying to give you the news as cut and dry as you can and try to give you just our analysis without putting too much opinion into this thing. But I'll leave you – I will get out on this. I'll leave you with this. I, I have also enjoyed all the time that we've spent with Coach Schwinn. She's always been very friendly, very engaging with us. She's very funny. She's very personable. She's very fun to be around. And I truly feel that sometimes in life, particularly in sports – twofold one when you are an all-time great athlete you have a very hard time transitioning to be a coach we've seen that trend across the board trisha binford's the exception to the rule she was an all big sky point guard and she has now it took her a while you know i mean the first half of trisha binford's tenure was was rocky but she also took over a montana state program that was nowhere near what the montana program was but we've seen it across the board how often times people that are icons at certain places especially in college have a really hard time taking over at their alma mater as a coach. But I also think so often in college athletics and in athletics in general, a lot of times it's about fit, and a lot of times you get miscast. I think just knowing what we know about Shannon's personality, knowing what we know about Shannon's ability to coach specifically the position that she played and Shannon's ability to recruit, Shannon had the perfect job for her for 24 seasons. And then she took a job and you can't blame her for taking it because she's a, the ultimate competitor and she wanted to give it a go. And it's her alma mater, but I just never thought that, that this was, this was the job for her. Yeah. Sue tell new ones, one two nine ESPN radio. Again, uh, just wrapping up our conversation here. Shannon Schwain, four years as the head coach of the Montana lady Grizz will not be retained as the head coach uh, any longer. Mike Petrino uh, will take over as the interim head coach uh, for next season. Uh, and that, 
the duration of that, the status of that is due primarily to the hiring freeze that exists across the state of Montana right now for higher education from the board of regents uh, due to COVID-19. So there's so much, so, so many things going on here uh, and, and which we'll talk about. And we'll certainly talk more about the future of the Lady Grizz uh, tomorrow and in, in coming days uh, under uh, uh, Coach Petrino and the staff and everybody that's there. So we'll get into uh, all that certainly as well. But the news of the day today, Shannon Schwain, no longer the head coach of the Montana Lady Grizz. A Carl Tyler Chevrolet, the exclusive home of Carl Tyler's lifetime powertrain warranty. Carl Tyler Auto Group will talk some Grizz men's hoops. Who's going to be the starting five next year? Coulter and I will discuss after this. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping businesses connected to customers and communities. During this time, we want to help share our expertise with your business. From advising on remote workforce systems to assessing internet connections, we're here to help deploy the solution you need to continue supporting your customers. How can we help your business? Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. be the starting five for the Montana men's basketball team next season. Some guys probably think you know. Some guys you may not know. I can tell you this. Uh, it won't be just five guys for the duration of the year. That's for sure. It's Tutel and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Happy to be with you on this Thursday afternoon. Hope you're having a wonderful day. The snow lightly falling across western Montana, at least where we are. Just when I was getting ready to do some barbecue when I get home, too. The snow falls. You know what I call that? perfect love cue it in the snow man it's great um Colter, you put together an interesting question for us here to discuss uh the graduation of saeed pridget kendall manuel and jared samuelson from the montana men's basketball team uh leaves along with some grad transfers uh, who are getting eligibility now for the grizzlies but is this right did you did you say this yesterday they brought in a transfer and now have 14 scholarships sort of accounted for, but only thir- obviously only 13 There'll available. Be a scholarship player moving on. That, that won't be there anymore. Right. Okay. Uh, so for whatever that's worth, we, we don't know who that is. But the point is, is who's going to be starting for this team next year for the Grizzlies? Now, there's two guys that you and I both feel pretty confident in saying yeah that's that's likely going to be a starter timmy falls being one of those guys and then michael stedman a guy we haven't seen play yet but the strength of his transfer coming in as his this is his last year of eligibility is going to be this season here for the montana grizzlies so he's a a one and dunner in that sense and certainly in our conversation with chris cobb the associate head coach who was on with us a couple of weeks back saying uh yeah this guy is uh the real deal and we will look forward to having him play so all those things he said he has all conference potential right insinuate that this and he's he this is the interesting part of this is a big what's he six nine He's 6'11". Is he that tall? He's listed at 6'11", yes. Man, okay. I mean, maybe I'm taller than I think. Maybe I'm actually 6'5", and I just look, you know. We haven't talked about this. Did you know the NBA, this is something that has been completely glossed over. Did you know the NBA made it an actual rule that 
that teams have to list guys at their proper height. Is that right? And it changed a whole bunch of guys. Well, you know what? Good. What I, I mean, think, what, I, what I, are we I, doing? It's just so funny though because most most conventional wisdom says that, especially high school, college level, your coach is always going to give you an extra inch, right? Mm-hmm. He's always going to give you an inch, even two if he can stretch it. You know, like Michael Oguine was listed at six two his whole career. He's not six two. I mean, he's he's like six one. Here's what I want to. Ahmad Roy is listed at. You know, I mean, a lot of guys are listed like that. But it's so interesting in the NBA because Kevin Garnett was the first guy to do this, but so many guys since then have done this. To say they're six eleven, they and never not wanted seven to be feet. a seven yeah. footer because yeah. that sounds plotting. So like yeah. Kevin Garnett is like seven one and a half, and he was listed at six eleven for his whole career because he didn't want to be a seven footer. Kevin Durant's the most interesting one, right? He's been saying six nine since his days at Texas, but allegedly he is actually seven feet tall. Yeah, well, because he actually got taller from his days at Texas. <laughs> like he, right, 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 he was right. six nine at Texas, and then he was seven feet. Um, yeah, I I don't understand it though. Okay, I get it. You don't want to be cast as plotting, but at some point, you're Kevin Garnett. Nobody's going to sit here and not, you know, whatever set up for you because of what it's listed over here. Why do we got to say Allen Iverson's six foot or six one? Okay, he's 5'10 on his best day. Is that stopping him from taking it to the rack and laying his body on the line every time he takes the floor? No. So I, I don't know why we got to sit here and, and, and you know, drivel over the, what the number is. You know, you are what you are. Go play. Anyway, Let's talk about the uh, Grizzlies. So you, you and I both got Stedman and Timmy Falls as starters next year, correct? Yes. Now, here's the, the odd part of this. I don't know if it's the odd part. I just, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I just can't imagine a scenario where there is the starting five and then there's the, you know, three or four-man rotation or whatever it is that are coming in. I mean, I think next year is going to look a lot like this year in terms of it's going to be matchup to matchup because the talent presumably is going to be deep on this team next season. Well, that's going to be the most interesting part about this is that you had Kyle Owens, Derek Carter-Hollinger, and Josh Vasquez all play very elevated roles as freshmen. All three started at times. Derek Carter-Hollinger started the duration of the conference season and ended up earning freshman of the year. Josh Vasquez was the starter, starting guy during the non-conference and then transitioned to coming off the bench, and that was actually probably a better role from him, for him. Kyle Owens in and out of the starting lineup. But there's a chance that at least one and maybe even two of those guys are going to have to take – they're not going to get it, They're not going to get an increased role. They might have the same or less of a role. It's an interesting phenomenon, right, when, when – True freshmen are playing those sorts of minutes. Right. You go, whoa, look out when these right. guys develop. But the way this is all coming together, there's no guarantee, right? Totally. And so then you bring in Cam Satterwhite from Northern Arizona by way of Loyola Chicago as a graduate transfer. You'd imagine since he's only going to be in the program for one year that you're going to probably try to get the most out of him. But again, he's going to have to win his position. For sure. But let's say he has a little bit of a leg up. Okay, so now there's your third starter. But then you're going to have to decide – Nassim Gaskin is a big-time guy as a transfer from Utah, a guy that's from Bishop O'Dowd, one of the best high schools on the West Coast. But he's still young. He's only going to be a third-year guy. Third-year sophomore, I think, is what they've listed him at eligibility-wise coming into this next year. If one of those pre, one of those three guys that were freshmen last year beat out Gaskin, how does he react? Conversely, if Josh Vasquez has a very diminished role because now he's playing behind Timmy Falls and Nassim Gaskin and um, Satterwhite, you know, how does he react? I don't know. That's going to be the interesting part about this whole thing. I think that they do have really good interchangeable parts. Yeah. I do think they can play a lot of lineups, like you're saying. They're just going to have to get everybody bought in. Well, here's what I think. I think Derek Carter-Hollinger is going to start, okay? Yeah. So I have him as a third as a third starter. 
Cam Satterwhite, anytime you have a grad transfer that's got one year, especially with the the you know the the pedigree that he's got, having played in the Final Four for Loyola Chicago and all that, you go okay. Uh, you know he's probably he's got to be good certainly. Um, but I got no idea. I don't know. I, I haven't. I've never laid eyes on this kid. You know what I mean? In terms, I'm sure he's a good player. But he, he what, is a, Cam Satterwhite is. Uh, an unbelievable athlete. Okay. I think he won the California High School Slam Dunk Contest. He was set to go play for Tad Boyle at Colorado, but then he got hurt his senior year. He ended up at Loyola Chicago, which actually then turned into one of, one of the great situations because right. you got a guy that's going to a mid-major. What were they, a 12 seed? Uh Oh, at at least they were right? the, they were the lowest seed to ever make it to the final four right? yeah yeah, but yeah the, maybe the 11 maybe they're an 11 sure seed. i'm not sure regardless it was one yeah. of the great cinderella stories ever and you have you know this great run and sister gene and all this stuff so satterwhite right. has final four experience even though he wasn't like a huge player yeah. on that team he still yeah. played yeah and then at nau it seems like i guess for whatever reason i thought nau they were one of the most improved teams in the league this year i yeah. thought shane burkhardt did a great job but then as soon as he was retained they had an exodus. They had multiple guys leave the program. Bernie Andre gone, Cam Satterwhite gone, Carlos Hines, who I actually thought had left the team before the year. He was actually just ineligible last year, but he was still on the roster. He could have come back. He's in the transfer portal now too. So exodus from NAU. But I, I do think that if you're bringing in Satterwhite, you got to find a role for him. But my question about this is is twofold. Not, first of all, who starts and do they buy into their roles if they don't? That's obviously the challenge every year, especially when you reload like Montana tends to do. Yeah. But – there's lineups that they can play with these guys that are insanely athletic. They also don't have a shooter. Who's right. going to be the shooter? Right. I mean, the shooter. Josh Vasquez would needs be to be Josh Vasquez. Right? Josh Vasquez and Kyle Owens need to be the shooters. Can they do it? it? Look, man, Kyle Owens, I thought, got better over the season. I was very, I was wondering, what what, what is this guy who's got this unbelievable frame and not a lot of production. I thought defensively he really came along, and especially as with with his length was a problem for some teams defensively. And I think that's what got him his minutes on the floor. But his shot is ugly, and even though it's effective at times, is Kyle Owens a shooter? No, no. Right. He's that was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. There you go. Sorry to say that to I don't want Kyle Owens to be the Burn of the Week for crying out loud. I like Kyle Owens, man. Right. But he's not he's not the she's not stepping out like Kendall Manwell and just making it rain, you know what I mean? He's got well, to right, use his size also, on the interior, be a great defender and def- he's got a good shot. He's just he not does, he's he just does. not uh, he's just not the the threat where you're now all of a sudden everybody going to extend the floor cuz Kyle Owens standing out there. We talked about this with Chris Cobb, associate head coach for University of Montana when he was in studio a couple or when he was on on the show a couple yeah. weeks back. Yeah. And then I also talked about this with Sean Rainey, our good buddy SWX Montana, uh, just the other day when we were texting about Satterwhite. And, and actually, he was kind of the one that first brainstormed this segment with me. So shout out to Sean if he's listening. There you go. We will get you on the show, Sean. I know he really really wants to come on the show. Yeah. I told him we just don't have any phones to call he's you. He's doing his TV from his house. He's dying for work right well, oh, now. I, I mean, he's got plenty of work to do, but, you know, distractions can well, sometimes I mean, Sean be a godsend. Need, Sean know? needs a reason to put on a suit and tie because he's got more nice suit and ties I mean, than any person I know. This guy this guy used all of his all of his uh, uh, uh you know, award money. You know, he got all For those awards ties. and his stuff. You know, like he's good at what he does or whatever. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, on like ties and clips oh, yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. This, you, this man's you go, trimmed out. You go to the SWX studio and you go to Sean's desk. <laughs> he pulls out a drawer of, <laughs> of immaculately ties. folded yes. ties. Every tie you ever wanted. It's all it's, of un- them. it's unbelievable. Yeah. 
regardless we were talking when i go on the show i wear my tie we we were talking about though and chris cobb echoed this too yeah there's multiple different ways to run a program and there's multiple different things you can emphasize montana does not emphasize player development nearly skill development nearly like other programs because they expect you to do it on your own Mm. and some of the guys that have become the best shooters like kendall manuel i mean i interviewed kendall manuel every single week this year because I knew he was going to be down there 20 minutes before practice, and I just didn't have to navigate anything. I just say, sports information, can I talk to Kendall? Oh, yeah, he'll be down at the gym 20 minutes before everybody. Just go get him. What you're saying is that he missed probably three additional threes because he was wasting his time that he should have been shooting talking to you. Yeah, right, right. Well, I would always just sit there and and watch him because if you watch a guy like that shoot by himself, I mean, he doesn't miss for like 20 minutes in a row. People have no idea how actually good First of all, Division One athletes are in general, regardless of, of of conference or whatever. But shooters who are great shooters, right? Like, there's no like they're not. They're, you're like okay, fifty percent. That's like that's a really good three point shooter. They're not fifty percent shooters in the gym. People, they step back. They're ninety percent shooters of the three point ball. Okay, so come talk to me when you're hitting at that level, and then maybe you can start trying to shoot in the game. I mean, it's 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 remarkable. To finish this point because I know we got to get out. Ah, we could do whatever. How, we want. It's our how, show. how good Kyle Owens is at shooting what we saw at the end of last year, it's completely up to him how good he is at shooting next year. Same thing with Josh Vasquez. These guys are young. They certainly could become shooters. I mean, you, and they, they they shot the ball decently well, and actually Vasquez shot the ball really well in conference play, but they could become knockdown shooters in the offseason. It's just up to them because that's the way the Montana runs so their program. Give me, give me it. Ultimately, who's your five? Who's my starting yeah. lineup for this? I, I would say, I don't know if this is going to be the starting lineup day one, but my starting lineup. My best starting lineup is Josh Vasquez and Timmy Falls in the backcourt. Cam Satterwhite and um, Nassim Gaskin, and then Michael Stedman. And I got Derek Carr-Hollinger as my six As your six? Okay. Sutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. You need a car? You need a truck? How about Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton? The best selection, the best price. New and used GMC, Chevrolet, Cadillac, and Buick. Mildenberger Motors, family-owned for 65 years. Hour one in the books. Hour two straight ahead. How about Rob Fennessy, longtime Montana football assistant, now going into his fourth season as the head coach of the Idaho State Bengals football team. He'll join us right after this. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold, or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore. Your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.